Andrew Talks to Chefs is an independent podcast. For current and past episodes, Andrew's blog, contact information, and more, please visit andrewtalkstochefs.com. To support us, please visit patreon.com slash andrewtalkstochefs. Enjoy the show. Andrew Talks to Chefs is brought to you in part by San Pellegrino Sparkling Natural Mineral Water. For more than 120 years, San Pellegrino has been inspiring people to savor life and tasteful moments around the table. As chefs and restaurants have evolved worldwide, San Pellegrino has always been there to complement the food they serve, the moments they create, and to support them in both good and challenging times. Learn more at sanpellegrino.com. I'm Massimo Bottura. This is Amanda Cohen. This is David Kinch. This is Mike Anthony. This is Huni Kim. This is Amanda Freitag. This is Richard Blaze. This is Paul Kahn. This is Curtis Stein. This is Stephen Harris. This is Missy Robbins. And you're listening to Andrew Talks to Chefs. Today, on our third Andrew Talks to Chefs special conversation, the great Norman Van Aken joins us from Orlando, Florida, where he's just opened the latest iteration of his landmark restaurant, Norman's, that's coming right up on Andrew Talks to Chefs. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. This is Andrew Talks to Chefs. I am your host, Andrew Friedman. This is the third Andrew Talks to Chefs special conversation, the recurrent segment we recently introduced to tackle topics that are being discussed within the industry. I've also created this segment to give me a place to talk about restaurant openings and closings, books, movies, and television shows that relate to the industry and so on. Basically anything that doesn't fit into our standard biographical format. Today, Norman Van Aken, the super influential Florida-based new American chef, joins us to discuss the latest iteration of his restaurant, Norman's, which just opened yesterday, Friday, February 10th, 2023. Just one or two quick preliminaries before we get to Norman. My new book, The Dish, is now available for pre-order, subtitled The Lives and Labor Behind One Plate of Food. It tells the story of all the people whose stories and work come together on a single plate at Wherewithal Restaurant in Chicago. It is my first book since Chef's Drugs and Rock and Roll. I'm very proud of it and excited about it. If you plan to order the book eventually, My humble request is that you pre-order it now. There are various reasons why that would be very helpful to the book as it approaches publication time later this year. If you go to the link at the episode description for this show at andrewtalkstochefs.com or wherever you listen to the pod, you can navigate from there to your favorite online retailer where you can place a pre-order. And as always, I thank you in advance for your support. So Norman Van Aken is one of my favorite people in the industry. For decades now, he has been the chef and sometimes also the owner of a series of restaurants dating back to the 1980s, credited with first applying the musical term fusion to food. He is also the driving force behind what's become known as New World Cuisine. He is the author of several wonderful books, including the cookbook, A Feast of Sunlight, and the memoir, No Experience Necessary. You may have seen him in the recent excellent documentary, Love Charlie, about his friend, the late Charlie Trotter. 
I consider Norman a friend of mine. He's been hugely supportive of me and my work, especially of my book, Chefs, Drugs, and Rock and Roll. And as anyone in the industry knows, he's one of the true good guys. The one constant in Norman's restaurant life all these years has been the intermittent reconstitution of his restaurant, Norman's. First opened in Miami in 1995, it was followed years later by Norman's at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando, and now by what he and his team internally are referring to as Norman's 3.0, but what is just Norman's to the dining public. Situated in a freestanding space in Orlando, the new Norman's just opened Friday, February 10th, 2023. That was yesterday as we dropped this show. Norman called in earlier this week as the opening was fast approaching to discuss what's new and what's different at this latest Norman's, the importance of evolution, and whether or not he still experiences pre-opening butterflies after this many years in the business. Here is my conversation on getting the band back together with the great Norman Van Aken. Here you go. Norman, great to have you back on the show. Before we start talking about the restaurant, why don't you tell people what your life looks like right now? Well, thank you, Andrew. It's really nice to be back on your show. I've always enjoyed listening and uh, enjoy your books. Tremendous. We're in the midst of opening what in-house we refer to as Norman's 3.0. The original Norman's opened up in Miami, Coral Gables, your old stomping grounds, in 1995. We didn't call it 1.0 back then. They called it Norman's. It's like the World Wars, right? Like they, the first one was just called the Great War. They didn't they didn't know enough to start numbering them. Maybe. And then the Ritz-Carlton uh, asked us to come and create Norman's at the Ritz-Carlton in Orlando in 2004. We didn't refer to it anything other than Norman's Orlando. But now with this new one, which will open up as soon as this weekend in February, just before Valentine's, we are referring it to our to ourselves in 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 house, so we know as 3.0. But to the world, it's Norman's or Norman's Orlando, and it's located in a freestanding spot in what's called the Delagio Plaza, just off Sand Lake Road in the Dr. Phillips section of Orlando. New World Cuisine is what I've been doing forever and ever and always will. So it's not some kind of concept. It's just the continuation of our adoration for the composition of the diversity of the people who have come to call Florida home over the centuries. Um, and it continues to evolve. And so we will do this in a new setting, though, an exciting new setting, Andrew, that um, is kind of large. Our, our main dining room seats just less than 100 with a very big bar um, with seating in the bar as well. Uh, we have two private dining rooms, one that seats about 18 and another that seats 24. And then a new thing for us is the patio. We have an 80-seat patio. That is uh, going to be another menu and another vibe altogether. You know, still New World Cuisine, but at a price point that allow people to come and enjoy, you know, on a kind of a whim, a more casual nature. And the setting out there is beautiful low slung patio sort of furniture chairs and couches and and a bar out there as well i won't be surprised to see us doing live music at some point in the future too you know you you and i caught up the other day and i i wanted to have you come on to talk about this because 
Uh, well, first of all, because you're you, and I have a lot of respect and affection for you. But secondly, you know, I, I think that the notion of periodically reconstituting, not the same restaurant, but, you know, a restaurant under the same name uh, with, with a very similar, you know, as you said, New World Cuisine is 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 what you do. You know, this is not a, a common occurrence. Um and, and very few people, I think, have been able to do it successfully, either from a execution standpoint or from a butts in the seat standpoint, right? It's a rare thing. You have, we should say, done other restaurants in the intervening years. What was it called? Tuyo uh, yeah, in yes. Miami? Tuyo. Yeah, you had that and, and three in the arts district. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, both places that I got to, as you said, I it's my, my you, you know, Florida's my home state. Um, so I've, I've been able to you know, keep tabs on what you do. But Norman's has been this kind of intermittent, you know, presence in your life. And I'm curious to know, as you say, the first one was what, about 27, 28 years ago. You know, let's just leapfrog for the sake of conversation to the current one and and jump over 2.0. How are you approaching this Norman's differently from past Norman's. You're a thoughtful guy. You you've evolved over the years. You're not you're not the same Norman you were personally um, in 1995, and the dining scene is not the same dining scene as it was then. Um, when you look at this place that's coming together in the in the next few days and is going to be open this week. Uh, what what are the kind of the first things that come to mind as adaptations you've made either to reflect changes in yourself and your own thinking about food and changes uh, just to kind of keep pace with, you know, how people are eating in restaurants these days. I know you know this already, but for your listeners, music has been just about as big as a inspiration to me as food and dining in uh, restaurants have been. And so I sort of am I'm in, in thinking about how to answer your question. I think about bands like Bruce Springsteen's band, you know, they started off the E Street band with Bruce uh, longer ago than 1995, but they created such a dynamic name for themselves, performance level for themselves. And then periodically, they don't disband, but they they kind of go and do different projects, side projects, other bands, the Eagles, many bands, really, that kind of Tom Petty, bands that I've loved, all of, all of those. Uh, and continue to love, but you love to see them come back and do the thing that you maybe saw them for the first time do. And I believe that in some ways, this new Normans will be that in in, in its energy, in its composition, in its in its vibe, in in in, it, in the way we compose food. But also, you know, having been in this business for as many years as I have, I've actually been cooking as a as a professional for 50 years this year. So no, I'm not exactly the same person. Thank goodness. Um, you, you know, that's one of the great things about being in this business and being a chef and being a menu writer, a cook and all the things that you need to be is that you are ever evolving. And if you don't evolve, I feel sorry for you because food and, um, and restaurants are, like theater, like music, like many forms of art. They need the oxygen of evolution. What are people going to see when they come in, when you, when you get a menu? Is your menu finalized yet, Norman, as we sit here five days out? Or is it still... There's uh, an opening menu. I never feel okay. like I ever want to finalize a menu. I, you know, I never want to write my last song either. You know, I began 
something many, many, many years ago, like probably 35 years ago, I call them dream sheets. And they are kind of snippets, little inspirations that I'll write down. And of course, it was on pieces of paper, initially little, you know, notebooks, like school notebooks kind of thing, sometimes posted, sometimes a bar napkin, just the things that for a minute, I don't want to lose it. I want it, it enters my mind, I could be driving, I could Ask Janet to write something down. I could be working out, taking a bike ride, walking, shopping, something. But something occurs and it's like, wow, I want to think about that. I want to remember that. And so um, I have a voluminous collection of those things now, and but it's ever evolving, ever, ever addition to it. And so I, I channel those things and I put them into menus and I can't even begin to tell you how many of those uh, dreams have been brought to menus and, um, and some that still wait to find their place. I'm going to assume, and please correct me if I'm wrong, and this kind of follows on what you just said, uh, that the menu of Norman's 3.0, as you're calling it, or just Norman's as it'll be visible to Mm -hmm. people who who come there, um, is it some kind of, is there a conversation going on in that menu or on that menu uh, between past and present? In other words, are there kind of um, signature dishes of yours that people who have followed your career will recognize oh, very much so. uh, from from the past? And then also new dishes that are kind of being unveiled for the first time? Very much so in terms of the first part of that, the signature dishes. Um, again, analogous to the bands and the, and the set list of a Tom Petty or a, I'm not comparing myself to those musicians, of course, but just it's easy to reference in such a way. But yeah, I mean, we've been building for two years. COVID knocked us out for a year. So that's three years where we haven't been able to perform. And with the return, um, because we speak to our guests through our website, etc., Instagram, all that, we know they are coming back and they have very specific uh, uh, expectations as to what they want to have when they do come in. And so I think we'll be able to make them happy because uh, I'd say 90% of what we're doing are familiar things. Of course, though, in the interim, we found um, more local produce, new farms, new artisanal uh, food producers, things like that, that we are able to uh, etch into the to the script. But what about from a staffing standpoint? You've been using this music analogy. How much of the team there is, you know, we got the band back together and, and how much of it is, uh, you know, new new people coming on board into your life? Same guitar player, same drummer, same bass. <laughs> no. <laughs> Our chef de cuisine has been cooking with me now for eight years, Carlos Robles. Our general manager has been with me, gosh, at least 14 years, Yusuf Yildiz. Our private events manager, Laura Fletcher, started with me. I don't think she could have been more than 20, and she's got two children and over 30. My partners, Tom and Kim Wood, um, have been partners with me since the initial, original Normans, um, not in the very, very first year, but not long after. A, a lot of... Um, permanence in a staff for the restaurant business. Uh, what kind of confidence does that give you to to come into this with people with whom you have uh, the kind of shorthand that one develops uh, with long-term colleagues? Immense and uh, a lot of gratitude for it because I wouldn't be able to be doing this interview and many, many other things were it not for the return to the, of the staff coming back and being with us and staff and 
family. I mean, we really are a tightly knit group. So um, there's a lot of familial feelings. Um, it's tremendous, really, Andrew. I mean, it's it, it may sound like a cliche, but to be able to look and know in the kitchen the shorthand that goes into, I need you to make the marinade for the pork Havana. I need you to make the bean kit vegetables. I need you to do the the dressing for the XYZ. I mean, just the quickness of that. And, and, and of course, you know, we will have a lot of new staff members uh, in the on the in the line and in on the floor waiters bartenders cooks um, but having the having my two primary chefs be able to nurture them and guide them and mentor them along with me of course uh, is is a tremendous value and the same is true on the floor we have a new person who has uh, been brought in to do the um, beverage program with our patio we have a much greater opportunity to uh, get into the world of cocktails. We always have had cocktails, but our inside bar, Tom, my partner, uh, he always talks about it. I want it like one of the greatest New York bars possible. You know, when we go to New York, they have the best, you know, and uh, so that's a big thing. So we've got a a new cocktail person. Andy Cruzati is her name. Can you just give me, Norman, you know, I did grow up in Florida, but, you know, at the time I lived in Florida, there was, to be honest, there was only one reason I ever went to Orlando, <laughs> and it involved, uh, you know, Mickey Mouse and and uh, Donald Duck and all those people. Um, people. Uh, people. Well, you know, uh, they are they're uh, real anthrop- anthropomorphized uh, animals. Um, but um, can you just give me a sense? What's the Orlando of twenty twenty three like? I mean, if it can support a restaurant like Norman's. Um, it seems like it must be a, a, a much different world from the Orlando that I used to go visit as a young child. What's the dining atmosphere like there? It's changed uh, a lot for the better. Um, it was grim. When we began Norman's in 2004, essentially it was the parks and the chains and there wasn't much else. When you have the vibrancy of the economics of a city like Orlando, and it is. I mean, the second most utilized convention center in America after Las Vegas, and sometimes ahead of it, is Orlando, uh, more so than other major cities like Chicago. So when you have that, when you have that uh, population that can support nice things, cultural things, the arts have have risen dramatically cultural things the restaurant scene is not one i would call like ready to compete with um new york or los angeles or chicago but it is growing and uh coming along really nicely and it's also um nice that we have so much farmland around us that we can draw from i mean i have to be honest i never really thought about the farm piece you're able to get a lot of your stuff right there yeah and there's, uh, I mean, there's dairy farming and cattle farming. And of course, we're so close to both coasts that our seafood is, I, due to some, you know, personal relationships with um, seafood folks, I mean, we can get as good, if not better seafood than I ever got in Miami. More diversity there, too. So really happy about that. Of course, we do live in an era where uh, the goods that we can get nowadays is so much different than when we entered the business. I mean, in the 70s and the 80s, you weren't getting nearly the kind of things that are routine to get in this day and age. I mean, again, having grown up in Florida, there's a lot of what you're describing 
I mean, even in Miami, uh, back when I was a kid, uh, would have been hard to imagine. With your signature dishes, uh, how locked in are they after this much time? In other words, do you still tweak some of the things you've been doing since the first Normans? Are the dishes that are have come with you from Normans to Normans, do they tend to change at this point in time, or are they pretty much kind of locked down? Yeah, they do change uh, somewhat. I think the basic DNA and personality of them, of them uh, is recognizable, but uh, you know, I, I will, I will, uh, you know, let's say one of the most signature dishes I've ever done. It, it's one that sell, has sells the most. Is always the pan cooked fillet of Key West yellowtail with citrus butter. And we, when I first started doing that, we did it with asparagus. <laughs> and I'll tell you, it's like I had a have to like convince people, my own people, that um, it's going to be okay if we don't use asparagus except for in the spring because they think it's, you know, I don't know, the Sistine Chapel, like you can't change one thing about it. And then I'm like, no, we're going to, we're going to work with seasonal vegetables to go with that setup and everything else can be as is. So there's rationales for changing things like that. You know, I, maybe because you just mentioned Mickey and Donald, uh, you know, if you look at Steamboat Willie, you can see the trace lines between Steamboat Willie and Mickey in this day and age. You know it's the same character, but there's some changes that have gone on. Listen, you've opened a lot of restaurants. You've you've opened this one, and and you know as as the way we're talking about it anyway, two times before. What's the butterfly level for you? Like like what's the nerves level for you? I mean, you have you have your you know your all star team back. You're opening a restaurant with a repertoire with which you're somewhat comfortable. You know, you've got people both in the front and the back of the house that have been with you, helping to make sure even you know the newbies are you know, executing as well as possible. Uh, but you're opening a restaurant, right? I mean, there, there's so many moving pieces to something like this. As you approach the first night, you know, people coming in the door and looking at a menu and ordering drinks and, and ordering food and food coming out and meals being, you know, hopefully paced out uh, appropriately. Are there nerves? Of course. I don't think you're breathing. I don't think you care enough if you're not nervous. I just think you have to use that energy in a way that's not going to cause you to lose your balance and get upset over something that you can fix. But yeah, I mean, there's butterflies. I, I don't think that would ever go away. Um, it is a new, it's a new stage. You know, it's a new stage. It's a new area of town. It's not in a Ritz-Carlton. It's freestanding. We think that we'll be more capable of being available to the residents and neighbors of um, of Orlando, and of course, the many visitors that would come, than uh, at the Ritz. The Ritz was great. It was an amazing experience, and I'll forever be grateful for it. But there is a certain sort of narrowness to the people who would be able to come to or feel comfortable in coming to, you know, the uh, the vaunted glory of a Ritz Carlton, and um, and 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 rightfully so because they they do a great job. But with this, um, people can come in without having to feel like it's a it's their birthday or their boss's anniversary or something you know particular. It can be more of a neighborhood vibe, and that's good. But to answer the question, yeah, I'm gonna be. I'm going to be nervous in, in that duality of being both a player and the coach because I'll never not be a player. But I'm as the coach, I think you, you're you nervous for every player 
<laughs> if you're a player, you got to be nervous about your own role. But if you're the coach, you got to be worried about the whole team. Well, listen, it's great to have you back on the show. I look forward to visiting next time I'm back home. What do, what do we say? What do we what do we say to not jinx it? How do I wish you the best? What's the what's the phrase that you prefer? Break an egg. Break an egg. I never heard that before. That's perfect. <laughs> I've never thought of it before. <laughs> uh, to you and the team, break an egg. And that's our show for today. Thank you again to Norman Van Aken for taking time out of a very busy week to join us. If you are in the Orlando area, whether you live there or are just visiting, by all means, go check out The New Normans. Again, we'd love it if you pre-ordered my book, The Dish. The link for that is in today's show notes, wherever you listen to the show. Andrew Talks to Chefs is produced by Table 12 Productions. The show is written, booked, edited, mixed, and hosted by me, Andrew Friedman. If you'd like to support us, we ask that you do that by telling a friend, posting about the show on social media, or rating or reviewing us at Apple Podcast. My thanks as always to After School Special for our music. Please check out their album, Double Barrel, Single Entendre on iTunes. Please follow us on Instagram. The handle there for the show is at Chef Podcast. And my personal handle where you can follow my restaurant and writing adventures is at Tokeland Andrew, T-O-Q-U-E-L-A-N-D. Andrew, thank you as always for listening. And we will be back soon with another episode of Andrew Talks to Chefs. <laughs>